Welcome to Bold Conscious Connections. My name is Raju Panjwani and I'm a certified leadership coach. And I'm Trisha Ramos, a certified high performance coach. Together, we help business leaders redefine success on their terms to create more space and energy so that they live impactful lives. Everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood. So at a deeper level, we know that the collective consciousness is important to raise in this world. And leaders who are influencers can make that difference. We, in our coaching programs, teach people how to focus on the interconnectedness, heart-centeredness, and growth from within. And this is what this podcast will be about. So stay tuned and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk to you very soon. Our guest today is Odie Andrianos. Odie began his journey into shadow work many years ago as a fitness and life coach. He has helped thousands of men and women get into the best shape of their lives with fitness, diet, and lifestyle programs that have reshaped people from inside out. He's been a coach for nearly 20 years, and now he is focused on incorporating mindset and shadow work coaching into his practice to cultivate the programs that help people get to the root of their problems. His favorite part of coaching is sharing with others the tools for what is known in Japanese as Satori, a sudden enlightenment. He believes that by simply engaging in and maintaining a consistent practice, anyone can come to a space of deep inner knowing and cultivate what he calls a connection to the higher self. So without further ado, let's have a conversation with Odie. Well, welcome, Odie. We're so excited to have you on today's episode of Bold Conscious Connections. You know, we know who you are, and it's always interesting to hear our guests introduce themselves in a way that they see themselves. So I'd love, we'd love for you to share, you know, what it is that lights you up, what your message is about, and, you know, why you do what you do. Beautiful. Thank you, first off, for having me on your podcast today. I'm really excited to be here and to share my message and reach more people with this powerful information that I've been working on for the last few years. Um, just to kind of break down exactly what I do is I really feel like it's each of our job to do our own healing work and become a ripple affecting the lives of everybody around us. Around us. I've been saying that for years, even when I was a fitness coach. I, I think a lot of coaches actually started out in the fitness industry and they, they realized there's deeper work to be done. And so I actually built my own gym that I ran for 11 years and I built a second gym with a hundred million dollar year company and all the numbers don't really matter. What really matters is the connection we have with our minds and our hearts. And I really feel, really feel like, especially today with COVID going on, there's been a huge amplification of trauma and how trauma and specifically shadow work shows up in people's lives. I mean, you mentioned trauma like three or four years ago, people were like, Oh, that's taboo. I don't want to talk about that, but it's becoming a very real thing. And back to my point on fitness is that I don't really feel like people struggle with diet and exercise. They actually struggle with their mental and emotional health. And it shows up as struggles with diet and exercise. And to me, that's really about loving yourself. And if we repress, suppress, or deny our emotions or our traumas, we don't actually get and gain access to our greatest potential. So my big why is supporting people in the journey to accessing their greatest potential and making the journey shorter and much easier. Oh, beautiful. So... Since we're bold and conscious connections, and most of what we do is bold and conscious, when we say the word bold to you, it sounds like you kind of you're a conscious human being. So, what does bold mean to you, and why is that important in your work today? Well, I think to be bold, it's really about transcending fear and, and transmuting it into love, and that really kind of comes back to my point with being a, like a vibrational frequency and creating a ripple effect in people's lives, and uh, transmuting your emotions from lower vibrational emotions. Like it's not bad to feel fear, anger, or guilt, but being able to have the awareness around that and being bold enough to actually transmute that vibration into a higher frequency of love, gratitude, appreciation, and bliss. Something I've been actually, um, I've been studying more into like trauma and whatnot. And uh, like there's healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. You know, it's, it's or excuse me, healthy anger and unhealthy anger. Like if someone violates your boundaries and you get angry, that's healthy anger. You, you know, if someone like touches you inappropriately or says something inappropriate, it's good for you to express your anger. Hmm. But if you hold that anger below the surface in your mind, allow it to stew, and then it turns into rage, that can turn into health problems, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, because you're not eating properly and you're not loving yourself properly. 
So I think a big part of our job as coaches is giving people access to these tools and properly showing them how to use those tools so they can operate at their highest potential. And that to me is being bold and conscious at the same time. Mm. I love that you brought that up. Um, I love that we can get right into it, right? So (laughs) you said something that I think is so important for everybody, especially coaches, to hear. And that is really to give ourselves permission to feel all the range of emotions. Because for a while there, I think there is a misunderstanding, so to speak. And a lot of it comes from the law of attraction conversation where there is such a um, a push to just shift out of feeling any negative emotion and to just get yourself in a higher vibrational space quickly. And to your point, more and more people doing that, doing it quickly, those emotions don't really go away. They just get covered up with other things. And then next thing you know, it's impacting our nervous system and manifesting in physical disease in our bodies. You know, that's something that I I just realized last year in the midst of COVID that one of the things I do is cover up negative emotions with my positivity. And I believe I had that realization on a, in a conversation with you, if I remember correctly. So what can you say more about that? Because because I do think it is important to shift into higher vibrational spaces when you're when you are going through something. However, like you said, it's important to recognize what these negative emotions and spaces are. And can you speak to why why that is? Well, I think when you said a few really good points there, you triggered me a little bit. <laughs> in a good way. Um, I think the first step for any great coaching is really comes down to, like we said, recognition and awareness. That's one of the first things that I talk to when I, when I coach people is you have to have awareness around what's showing up for you. And oftentimes as coaches, we're mirroring things that people are not seeing within themselves and specifically when it comes to emotions because they're not aware of those things that they've been stuffing it down below the surface in their minds so long or into their emotions. And part of the word emotion is it's motion. It's really energy and motion or it's not. And this is where after 15,000 hours of fitness coaching, I started noticing how when we gain access to helping people to relieve some of the emotional density, then it was easier for them to work out. It was easier for them to eat healthy because they, they were shifting that emotional frequency instead of being stuck in their joints. I, I have a degree in kinesiology, so I'm really keen to how people's bodies are moving or not moving. Mm-hmm. And so like that's what got me so much more into emotions. And I think one of the mistakes in, in Western medicine, I'm not against Western medicine, is that we often focus on the effects and not the causes. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like that's actually in like a, a good or bad way, depending on how you look at it, is that it's opened the door for the coaching industry to help people to get more clear on what the causes that are creating the effects in people's lives. Because I actually learned this from a doc- doctor named Dr. Thurman Fleet. And he mentioned how that's one of the biggest mistakes in Western medicine. We're always dealing with the effects, but not the causes. Because the causes are the creating the effects. Remember, I gave a speech uh, in New York when I gave a speech on cause and effect with you, Tricia. And that's such a huge concept. You know, it's actually mm. one of the seven hermetic principles, too. And there's a lot of other stuff that goes with that as well. Mm. But um, like, like you said, the fight or flight mode stuff, I mean, me personally, the short story is, Years ago, I had my own traumatic experiences. We all have traumatic experiences. Part of it is acknowledging that you don't start, your healing journey doesn't start until you acknowledge the trauma. It's like, oh, there, there's this stuff there. I've been ignoring it. And I, I like to make it a fun journey of doing that stuff because it's deep work. You know what I'm saying? Going into the darkness and whatnot. But I was in fight or flight mode. I was um, running my two gyms. I was at a film studio and I had an Airbnb. I had an online business. I was like five businesses. You know, I had a successful entrepreneur running five businesses, making six figures, yada, yada, yada. On the surface, everything's looking all good. Then I had back pain showing up. And I went to multiple doctors and they couldn't heal me. And started, then I started getting into Eastern philosophy and started doing meditation and working them down. And that was what gave me access to my healing because I was too much in fight or flight mode. And we often say in the coaching industry, your mess becomes your message. I like to say your crap becomes your fertilizer. <laughs> but that's actually what we do as coaches. Or what I like to say I do uh, with shadow work is handing people the shovel, showing them where to dig, how to dig, and what's going to show up when they're digging. But the digging they have to do themselves. Because it's really about we're all we're teaching each other how to be our own healers. I think Ram Dass says we're all just walking each other home. Yeah, that's right. A beautiful way of expressing it. You know, like for me as a coach, like 
I just love supporting people in their journey to their own healing process. And I think that that's even us working as coaches, we're mirroring each other's skills and helping each other to find deeper, uh, the deeper roots to the healing journey. Cause people always just, I, I like the roots analogy too, because people are just going through their lives and they're mowing the lawn and they just mow all the, the weeds out and then the roots are still there and they keep growing right back. And it's not until we actually dig into back to my shovel analogy, we get to the root, we pull up, Oh, that's the thing that's been holding me back for years. And oftentimes this comes back to childhood traumas too, which I'm getting much deeper into as well with my own studies. It's like, oh, something happened when you're young. We repressed it like anger and it keeps showing up later in our lives. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that uh, you already answered a question I had, which, you know, everybody loves stories, right? As to what got you into this. I was going to ask you, what is the genesis of what got you into it? It's why you kind of touched on that because, you know, we're all dealing with some trauma that, that needs to heal and it's sitting there. Uh, the key question that I had on that, and I know you did, gave a boat analogy at our summit and you've used it often. Uh, maybe you can touch on that just for listeners here anew. But the main question is then, how do you get on that healer's journey and how do you acknowledge? Because that's the difficulty, right? So the first thing is acknowledging being aware, but is there a technique to just saying, okay, you know, I went through this trauma. I've been, I've not been acknowledging it. I haven't dug the, you know, shovel into the, into the ground, but is there, is there a certain technique? Because we all don't like that mirror, right? So what is, is there something that you can, you know, give us a little clue? And before that? you do, I feel that we should backtrack a little bit, Odie, because we have said the word trauma at least 20 times now between all three <laughs> of us. And I think it's important to define for our audience what exactly yeah. we mean by trauma, because to your point, even just a few years ago, it was a very taboo subject that people would not talk about. And even even for me, even last year, up until as recent as last year, I didn't realize I had trauma. I always associated trauma with something extreme, you know, like going off to war, watching, um, uh, being a part of something like that. So can you just speak to really what the range is that we're talking about when we meet, when we say trauma? And then you can answer Raju's question. <laughs> I guess I have to get in queue here. All right, fine. Yeah, I'm picking some notes so I can kind of hop around with all this stuff, which I'm pretty good at. Sure. Um, well, just to try to touch on that, let's, let's touch on the, uh, the war aspect. Now, many years ago, I was actually coaching uh, an ex-military guy, and he was suffering from PTSD. And, you know, that, we talked about some extreme stuff. He was, a, he was a sniper, and he actually had confirmed kills, and he watched through the scope. He was doing his job, and he like kill people in front of their families. So it's pretty heavy to like see that and know that you did that. Mm -hmm. So he carried that with him. And like, I'm going very extreme here, but like people have small traumas that show up big. But the thing is those traumas, when they, they happen in our conscious world, this comes back to like, we'll go more into the boat analogy in a minute, but they get stuck deep below the surface in our minds. And that doesn't allow us to move forward in our lives. And so when we talk about trauma, often trauma, it comes back to my point about emotions. We talk about, and that's how we bridge the gap into shadow work. We have suppressed, repressed, and denied emotions that are dormant below the surface in our minds. This is where kind of like I was talking about before with anger shows up as rage. The more we stuff the anger down, mm -hmm. it, it turns into that rage that like you get triggered, like you're making me angry. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you were holding on to that anger within yourself. This is something that I struggle with too. Cause like, like young men were often told, like, don't, don't show your fear anger. Anger's bad. It's a bad thing. So you're like, you associate anger with being bad. So you just stuff it down and you don't express your anger. Mm -hmm. And that's the key point because it, later it shows up as disease within the body. Mm -hmm. So the whole goal here is like, I, I like to say is when you repress, suppress, or deny emotions, I actually read this great book called Feeding Your Demon, which is an excellent book on an ancient Buddhist philosophy called the Chuk Method. Mm -hmm. I won't get into that. But the point being is that we repress, suppress, and deny our emotions. They become our demons. Now, it's not like some like scary goblin or anything. It's really about a demon is anything that's not allowing you access to your greatest potential or taking away your freedom. I'll say that again. Demons are anything that's not allowing you access to your greatest freedom or taking or your greatest potential and taking your freedom away. Mm -hmm. So it could be drugs, alcohol, gambling, uh, porn, uh, even, even people get addicted to making money too. Like I grew up around a lot of very wealthy people and successful people, and that's not a good or a bad thing, but I saw how some people have made them out of balance. And I think that's what triggered me into getting into the coaching practice, mm -hmm. but let's touch on the boat analogy for a minute, because that helps to express it more. Cause just like you said, it's all about stories. And oftentimes if you try to tell people with how to change their lives, there's no always work because they're not ready to receive it. But when we talk about a third person story, people will see themselves in that story and that allows them to gain potential into how they can make a shift for themselves. Now the boat analogy, um, 
I mean, I don't know if I have my whiteboard set up, but um, <laughs> I was draw. So just to put, put, put it simply, like the center of the boat is called the mast. And I like to use that as a way of explaining it because it's really about self-mastery, right? Really trying to triangulate where you are on this boat. So where we'd like to be is at the front of the boat going towards accomplishing our goals. Our goal could be the island destination we're heading towards. We want to lose weight, get in shape, make a million dollars, find true love, or maybe travel to an island destination. Mm-hmm. One of my goals is to travel to Southeast Asia. I did it four years in a row. So that's an example of how it worked out for me. But you could be in the front of this boat and you want the current going with you and uh, you don't want to have anything behind you holding you back. But what happens is, is this is like, like I said, the analogy for people to start examining their own lives is they may not be at the front of the boat. They could actually be at the back of the boat and they've thrown anchors into their past based upon those traumas. Or they're sitting on the back of the boat looking at the wake of the ship saying, why am where I am now? Because this trauma when I was five. Mm. And, and, and then on top of it, like I said, the anchors, they could be dragging those anchors and then they're just going around in circles and they keep doing self-sabotaging behaviors where they're still stuck in the gambling, the sex, the money, the alcohol, the drugs. And it's not bad or good. I don't want to sound like I'm judging anybody, but it's that you realize like I'm ready to move forwards. And this, I think a big part of shadow work and working with unconscious trauma or emotions is we give people access to either cutting those anchors, pulling those anchors back on board, getting people off the back of the boat. I've been there myself. I've had to do this work too, and I'm still doing this work myself. And I'm just giving people the tools that's helped me get to where I'm at today. So we get from some of the back of the boat to the front of the boat. And then also part of it too is working with the unconscious mind as the anchors. The subconscious anchor, uh, the subconscious mind is the current. So then we can shift the current of the subconscious mind. And instead of you having to be on that boat with the sail set and you're rowing really hard, trying to work out really hard and do all these things, but you still have stuff behind you holding you back, the current shifts, the anchors are pulled up. And now the current is taking to your goals with less effort. And that's the most simple way I like to explain shadow work, dealing with trauma, because the trauma is really those anchors that are stuck in your past that you're just dragging along and you're fighting the current. So there's no way you can access your greatest potential, but you can, but it's going to take a lot of effort. You could burn yourself out and give yourself lots of disease while you're doing that journey. So um, that's why I love teaching this stuff because that analogy, I had multiple coaches, oh, that's the perfect way of explaining it because people are like, oh, that's what shadow work is. That's what working with trauma is because then just by sharing that story, people can start examining, where am I anchored? Where am I sitting on the back of the boat in my life? And where is the current taking me off course? So is that that a good explanation? I always explain it a little bit differently. So hopefully that landed well for you guys. Yeah, it's great. Odie. I love that you talked about that you're still doing this work, right? And I think it's so important for people to hear that, that this is, this is really a practice. So, you know, what are, what are some of the practices that you engage in to remain conscious and to really to keep growing? For me personally, like I think it's different at different stages. You know, it's like, I think also like I, I have my degree in kinesiology with emphasis on nutrition and health is that your diet changes to different phases of your life. So it's like, that's one of the things that like, I feel like we do as coaches is different stages. People need different things. So currently right now, I'm spending more time investing more time outdoors and exercising outdoors, grounding myself out in nature, doing breath work and meditation. Like a year ago, or about two years ago, my, like as you know, Trisha, my mother had cancer, and she's totally healed now. It's all good, but it was really emotional for me. And the thing is, like using your emotions as a tool to help you to heal. So, like when I saw my mom losing all of her hair, going through all the treatments and stuff, it's very emotional for me. I'm very close to my mother, and I used breath work to help me actually get some of those emotions out of myself instead of them being dormant. Help me get rid of some of my anger, suppressed pain, and sadness. And so I would cry more. And like we're like especially with men, we're told not to cry, but I created an access point that's an important word there's an access point to reaching those emotions and so what we call pain sadness or the things that are traumatic in our past once we begin to access them because they can be very dense in the unconscious mind we start to work with them they become lighter and they begin to shift then we can get those emotions out we can start not saying everybody has to go out and cry but some people do and they've been suppressing that a lot and so when you get those emotions out that gives you access to your greatest healing because the things that happened in your past aren't necessarily good or bad. I think uh, Shakespeare, I use this quote all the time. Shakespeare said, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's so bad, I can't think about these emotions. That's just you stuffing it down. And it's either good either. It's really just energy. And when you begin to work with that energy, then you can shift it. And that gives you potential to create a shift in your life because you created the access point to those emotions so you can begin your healer's journey. And I always like to say in the healer's journey, the path is the medicine. It's all about having the awareness and taking those first few steps. And that's why people get coaches for support. 
So the way to make the shift, and I was as I was asking about how do you get on the healer's journey? How do you acknowledge that you got to dig that hole to get the weeds out? Um, that's a struggle for me. I've had traumas like you wouldn't believe, but not like the war, but being you know rescued with my children in the tsunami, for instance, right? Yes. That was a turning point 15, 16 years ago, and that still remains the pivotal moment for the for the change that happened uh, to all our lives. And so, so it is the question of really how do you shift into the healer's journey mode so that you start acknowledging the pain, you start acknowledging the wounds and how they're affecting you day to day in the moment, moment today. So there's, I feel like each person is a little bit different. So of like, course. I, I do group coaching, I do one-on-one coaching. I like doing one-on-one a little bit more because I can really hone in on people's stuff. But then in group coaching, you kind of stratify a whole range of tools. Because it's really about giving people the tools and then holding them accountable to using those tools. It's like teach somebody how to do squats. Got to make sure they do the squats, right? If you're doing like, <laughs> workout. Make sure you're working on that booty. Um, so a lot of it comes down to reframing what's happened in the past because we have these linear timelines. So often, like Trisha knows this, we talked about this before, is that there's really two ways of seeing the world from the 3D Newtonian linear model and the quantum infinite model of consciousness. So I don't think that either one's like 100% correct, but we're so addicted to the linear masculine model of reality. And I feel like a big shift is happening in the world. We're actually moving to a more masculine and feminine reality. We've been too much in the masculine. Not that that's bad or good, but it really comes back to the point I was making about what you were saying, Raju, is people are stuck in the linear model. They're creating their future based upon their past. And if you're stuck in the past, you're asleep in the moment. You can't create the future you deserve. So what we can do is this is in coaching is we, we go into those experiences. And in terms of recognizing where the changes can occur, it's we talk about this a lot in the coaching industry is limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. What's the story that keeps showing up? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. My feelings aren't valid, right? Or I'm stupid. Or could, there's a whole range of different limiting beliefs. Sure. But what happens is as we start to create that awareness or like, especially when it comes down to like, what's triggering us? I often say is like, when we get triggered, we create meaning. There's an emotion and then there's a behavior. And if we're not paying attention to the triggers, we're not paying attention to the meaning. Sometimes we'll get triggered so quickly, we go right back to the same old emotions. Mm-hmm. And those emotions become very addicting hormonally. So people get addicted to their anger. They get addicted to their sadness. Like well, part, a part of them in their unconscious, well, I don't have to change because I can just stay sad forever. And it's very safe here. Uh, and, like, and then they don't change. And it's not, like I said, it's not bad or good. And this is where like for me as a coach when I was younger, my guys were like, why don't people just want to change? Like some people aren't ready. It's really about working with them at their pace. So if you're not ready to hire a coach, that's okay. But like start paying attention to what the triggers are. Like you get super triggered. Like what was that trigger? What was the meaning you created? Like the word meaning, look at the mean. It's like the average sum of your thoughts and how they're showing up for you. What the emotions that you're creating. And then what are the behaviors? Are you going back to eating sugar? Are you going to smoke cigarettes? Are you drinking alcohol? Are you watching porn? What things keep showing up for you that are causing the self-sabotage to occur? This goes back to that linear boat analogy. Because you sit, you're sitting on the back of the boat, you're anchored just going in circles and what you're really doing you're just going nowhere and i don't want to sound like i'm judging it's really about mirroring what people could be changing in their lives they go oh i'm I'm ready to change and cut those anchors and create a new reality for myself and then in in real life it might not be that you're you're not abusing drugs you're not abusing alcohol you're not gambling you're not doing these things but maybe you're leaving one job to the other and creating the same experience Maybe you're leaving one relationship, starting a new one with different people, but having the same exact story repeat itself. So this work is so important in case someone's listening and they're not sure, is it time for a change? That really is it. Like to your point, it's when we are not addressing what is in the undercurrent that we are just doomed (laughs) to keep recreating the past. And even though we think we're living in the now and we're making the changes based on how we understand it, at some point, like you said, there's got to be a decision to finally say, these outcomes are no longer good enough and I'm ready to experience something different. Then hire hire a coach. Yes. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, you're saying it's a decision, and then, then you know, of course, you want to accelerate and get out of this, this, uh, getting on the healing journey quicker. Well, then, that's when you need a coach. Uh, mm-hmm. With the help of a coach, you can accelerate that. Well, I think that, uh, like Trisha said, it's all about like, like the now. You know, like where you are in the like the moment. And the word moment actually creates momentum. So like that's why I like doing breath work. And actually, I met Trisha at a retreat where we were doing lots of breath work and meditation work and like 
part of that is because your mind, it's it's not good or bad, but it can it creates these linear models of like, well, the past, the future, the past, the future. It's like when you're calm and really at peace in the moment, then that gives you access to your greater potential. And actually everything just kind of collapses into this moment. That's where you can create that inner peace. Like I, I, I'm, I'm able to like have a few seconds of inner peace. I'm still working on that myself. I'm not trying to sit here and say like, I'm like a world-class expert because I'm still doing my, my own yeah. work too. No, but I've, I've had moments where I'm like, I'm just completely in peace. And as you create that silence, then I like to say your higher self comes in and gives you the access to that. And that's really about being in tune with your intuition. Mm-hmm. And when you're in tune with that intuition, that's where you can start to change those relationships. Like you're talking about, Trish, maybe it's not drugs, alcohol, sex, all those things that are kind of holding you back. It could be like a traumatic relationship with like, I, I, have, a, I had a client, uh, she was physically abused by her father. And she couldn't understand, she kept attracting men who were abusive to her. It's because she had a story unconsciously that was constantly uh, like attracting her. Like love is associated with abuse because like words don't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's the symbols in our minds that are created by those words. I always like to say, if you take the word words, Trisha, you know, I'm, open up, I'm a word guy. <laughs> if you take the word words, you add the letter S it's swords because you're actually cutting yourself. If you're using those limiting beliefs, you know, or instead of cutting yourself, you can start cutting through the BS in your external world, put better boundaries up around people who are mistreating you. And that puts you in alignment to live a boundless life. And so that's one of the things I love about like, it's different for each person, but finding what those stories are that are below the surface, those anchors. So we can change the shift, those anchors, shift the current and allow us to gain greater access to who we were truly meant to be. The thing is too, we weren't taught this in school. I, like, I just gave a speech uh, two weeks ago at Tamil Pius High School out here in Marin County. And uh, it was just amazing to share this work with teenagers. Because I really, I, I built an adult course. I'm actually developing a teen course. So I was like, if we can start reaching teens with this stuff, teach emotional intelligence at a younger age, then they won't be so messed up when they get older. Because if I had known this, I wouldn't have been so sad when I broke up with my girlfriend. Because when you break up with someone, maybe actually it could be bad in the moment, but you actually meet somebody way better down the road. It's just that we're, we're not taught how to... Pay, t- pay attention to what's showing up for us emotionally. Mm, you know what I mean? True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know that? Yes, indeed. So in terms of the work I know you've been doing, um, like you said, fitness coaching, and then you've transitioned into this deeper work. If you if you just encapsulated all all the work you've been doing with all your clients and even even what you've been exposed to what you've observed as a child growing up in the environments that you grew up in what what would you say are the greatest lessons that you've learned so far that apply to the conversation we're having today Well I really feel like <clears throat> something I, I always just say like when I open my gym my first gym is that it's the kiss principle it's keep it simple, silly, because like, you know, the more you can simplify things, the easier it's going to be for you. So it's like, I like to say your rituals create your riches. So what rituals are you, have you been indoctrinated in or been programmed in in your day-to-day life that are sabotaging you? And that comes back to that, that cycle of trigger, meaning, emotion, behavior. What are the behaviors that are showing up? Are you spiraling out of control in your life? How can you slow yourself down? That's why the breath work and the meditation is so crucial, especially for people who are just starting out on this journey, because I coach really highly intelligent people, highly successful people. And that's not a good or a bad thing because that could be them hiding something from themselves. Like they're making millions of dollars, but they're still not attracting the relationship that they deserve. That's a big point. They deserve it. Stop. And I always say, stop wanting things. Feel into what you deserve. That totally shifts your energy around what shows up for you in your life. It's like in terms of money, wealth, success, relationships. And if you want things, your your subconscious mind goes, "Oh, it's not here," and pushes it further away. When you start to feel deeply into mm-hmm. what you deserve, that changes your emotional frequency, and then your subconscious goes, "Oh, it's already here," and then it attracts it into your life. You know. So I think that's a big part of it. And so back to my point, it's just it's simplifying. It's like it's really just like frequency, vibration, and your rhythm. The more you create that rhythm, because you might be in a rhythm that's like too fast and that's fight or flight mode. How can you slow that rhythm down and be really conscious of each breath, each step, each connection, each relationship that you're creating? Because it really comes back to your relationship with yourself. As you change your relationship with yourself, that will manifest as a change externally. That's a law of the universe, a law of correspondence too. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, go ahead. Okay. Well, you, when, what you were just saying before about feeling feeling your way in, you know, that is very much part of that quantum conversation. But it even it's even before that, right? You can go to the the Old Testament and you will find references of, you know, receiving before you even 
before you even um, asked or getting the answer before you even make the ask that there is that instantaneous, you know, truth about the connection that, you know, when the desire is felt from us, that we didn't just pick that desire at some, like that desire also chose us in a way, right? And there's this, the idea of feeling into it, um, being grateful. Gratitude is a perfect example of you know, saying thank you before it's physically shown up in front of you and how powerful that is, especially in moving you from one space to another emotionally. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I think when you say, you say testament, one of my other friends who's, who's a fellow coach, he said like the word testament actually is like, it's like test is testy, meaning body and meant means mind. So it's like a, it's your body and mind connection. Mm. I think the, the gap that you bridge between those is your emotions. And so, um, I think it also comes back to what we we're mentioning with limiting beliefs. It's like we're, we're so in the conscious world above the surface of the water of where the boat is, right, that we're not aware of what's going on below the surface. And sometimes just like I was mentioning a moment ago, it's, it's just allowing yourself to calm down. I think Alan Watts used to talk about how like the waters will be muddy and sometimes you just got to just slow down and let the water settle. And then that will create clarity because then you can see below the surface because you're just kind of sw- swimming around and splashing. Oh, what do I do? I'm crazy. Like, oh, it is like calm down. And then as the water settles, then you can see what's going on below the surface. So I think a big problem today is the problems aren't bad. The problem actually, it's, it's beautiful because we recognize the problem that allows us to move to a solution is that we're, we're going so fast that we have these smartphones and they're, they're great to have smartphones, but you're like, you're constantly like doing so many things that you're not taking the space to calm yourself down. And as you calm yourself down, that's like your body's made of water. You're calming down that body of water. Personally, I feel the future of health, nutrition, medicine, and healing is really going to come down to our emotions and our nervous system. Because I think we're over-prescribing drugs. If drugs aren't good or bad, but it's like, it's like, oh, you have a problem here, take this pill. It's like, what if you just calm yourself down a little bit, work with your nervous system, pay attention to your emotions. That will give you greater access to your healing journey because you're calming yourself down so you can really see what's going on. And it's really about getting out of your head more and being in touch with your heart because that's really about being in touch with your intuition. And what's coming up, like the first part of our body is developed is the gut. We have our umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. So we can begin to really listen to that gut instinct and like, just like on the nutrition thing, I'm kind of just going off here, is that uh, we, we don't listen to our gut. And like, when we do, when we get our diet right, remember diet is way of life, we really get our diet right. They call it the, the, your gut is there's this called the mesentery system. Yes. And I only have to acknowledge this in Western society in the last like few years, but I've known about it for a long time in Chinese medicine. So we began to actually really get our diet right. The mesentery system, it actually, we can listen to our gut instincts. And so that's where we can gain a lot of access to our highest potential because we're not just using this brain, we're actually connecting with our gut and actually really listening to our heart. And so that's the full connection between those three different realms instead of just being in a better headspace, which isn't bad or good, but it's like having the recognition to see these other areas where we could be missing things. So much wisdom there, man. How do you know this is what we teach, by the way? This is our coaching. This is what we do. It's all about the heart. It's what we call bold, right? Bold is from the heart. So in these challenging times, I mean, what advice would you give, given all the work that you do? And, you know, we have our own advice, whatever. But you, based on the work that you do really with trauma and healing, uh, what would advice would you give to someone who's an entrepreneur or a leader listening here right now in our audience, your audience, perhaps? What should they do to navigate in these uncertain times? So to answer that, like, I'll, I'll go back to like my childhood. Um, so like when I was when I was very young, my father was actually George Lucas's sound mixer. So I grew up around some of the world's top entrepreneurs, some of the most wealthy and famous people in the world. Like one of my, my dad did Desperate Housewives, did the Wonder Years, he did Nash Bridges. We're actually doing a new a new Nash Bridges right now, filming out here in San Francisco. Wow, so I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I grew up around literally some of the best entrepreneurs in the world. And that's not necessarily good or a bad thing because the truth is, like, I actually realized I'm, start, I'm starting to coach some of my some some of the extra filmmakers that my dad mentored, and they're hiring me to be their coach now in Hollywood. Um, is that the film industry actually has one of the highest rates of mental health problems because the amount of stress. I mean, especially now with COVID, like the like the protocols they have, like it's it, I won't get into it, but there there already was a high level of stress because, like, just to give you a small example, you get somebody who's like brilliant at making a script, they're a really good writer. And they, they bring this script to this film studio and they're going to film the studio and they have no people skills and no people management skills. And they're driving everyone nuts, but they have all the money and power. They get to decide what happens. And like I said, it's not a bad or a good thing, but 
being around that environment. And luckily my father was one of the higher ups in the industry. So people listened to him. But that the point being is that my father was a sound mixer. And my father always says that his spiritual gift is that his third ear was open. <laughs> so for, for me as a coach, like what I do personally is I don't listen to what people say. I listen and I don't, I don't listen. I hear there's listening and there's here. Part of the word here is to be here in the moment. So when you're really hearing yourself, you don't listen to or hear what people say. It's what they say, how they say it, the tact, the pitch, the tone. What are the power words? Let me see. What are the power words they're using to continuously create their reality? Because that as a coach is going to reveal what's going on below the surface in their minds. They keep on using the word fear or like, like whatever, whatever trigger word that actually reveals their trauma. That's the thread that's revealing the deeper work. So we want to find that thread, pull it and go deeper. So my point being is not just to listen, but hear and be in this moment, hear yourself. And then they get, because they hold, my whole goal as a coach is to teach people to be their own healer. And so when you become your own healer, part of the word, like my dad always says this too, if you take two years and put them together, it's the shape of a heart. <laughs> and, so, and so like, that's really what it comes down to is really being able to hear your heart space and the center of the word heart is ear. And so when we can really hear ourselves and be present, that's where we're going to find the healer's journey within ourselves. And I think that that's all we really do as coaches is just, like hear what people are saying, mirror what they're not seeing, and allow them to gain access to that. Because everyone has the tools in front of them. It's just we're peeling back the blinders to reveal the shadow, to reveal the trauma, to reveal the healer's journey so they can walk that path. And like I said, the path is the medicine. Ah, oh, so many nuggets there. So good. <laughs> this The sensor of the of, of heart is ear. Wow. Like I... I your two words, Smith. I yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so amazing. You know, it's so amazing to hear you uh, break things down. Truly, is it is one of your gifts, and uh, you know, we're so we're so grateful to have you on with us today. Um, we tell us, you know, before we let you go, we we of course have this bold, conscious conversation. Because we recognize that life is about movement, momentum, learning, clarity, more clarity, more momentum, more clarity, more momentum. And that, you know, we never really arrive. There isn't really a place we get to where we say, I'm now done. <laughs> well, you know, if, if that if that were to happen, we certainly wouldn't be able to look at each other and observe each other in three-dimensional um, form. So tell us, tell us in your, you know, from your experience about a big obstacle or challenge that you personally overcame and what you learned from that. So um, I'll give you a great example. Um, I feel like personally, I was afraid of myself and like I dedicated my whole life to being a fitness trainer. And there's like, kind of like, you know, like being like, I, I was just, even being a fitness trainer, if you stay in your comfort zone, you don't actually grow. Like you're, like you're, you're just in your comfort zone. You're not going to actually grow. And like, I got my degree in kinesiology. I worked at 18 gyms. I got six personal training certifications. Like I was like top notch in terms of qualifications and experience. I remember people like, you're going to open your own gym. How are you going to be successful? I'm like, bro, I've worked at 18 gyms. Like, I've been studying this stuff since I was 15. Like I knew I was going to be successful and I got very comfortable. And like I was saying, like, it, like I was really successful. I was helping lots of people, but I think that that was me masking my own journey into like doing deeper healing work and doing this deeper, this like deeper work with the emotions and the shadow and whatnot, because I was comfortable. And so me actually acknowledging that I had to like break myself down. And one of the most beautiful things I think that we learned, Tricia, when I met you at that retreat in Mexico is that breakdown proceeds breakthrough mm -hmm. and I had to go through my own breakdown it wasn't a bad breakdown either I was already like a really successful guy and I was like I said I was helping lots of people and it felt really good but something deep inside me didn't feel right and uh, actually when, I, when we were in Mexico there was a, another uh, coach there her name's Dawn Davis and mm -hmm. she we were sitting on this mesa looking out at the Pacific Ocean she's like oh do you know what your problem is I was like what she's like you're not really a fitness coach you're really a healer and you're staying and being a fitness coach because it's safe. And I was like, I was like, I hate you. Don't say that. Because <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I was so safe, you know? And so sometimes like you're, you're doing a lot of great things in your life, but that can actually be your shadow guiding you. Mm. It really like, you're doing all these great things. And like, you're like, I, I learned this in the, some of the shadow work coaching I did is like, some of your greatest traits is actually your shadow hiding right in front of your face. Oh right? yeah. 
realize that. And I think like Trisha, you, even like your success in the corporate world, you know, like you realize that there's a deeper calling for you, but you had to shed your ego of who you thought you were to become who you were meant to be. And so I, I really feel like that's what it comes down to is like, um, I, I often like to say it's, we have to stop judging ourselves and really observe ourselves. When we judge, we're looking down upon ourselves. We're looking down upon other people. Mm-hmm. But when we shift that to, to observe, part of the word observe is to serve. And if we really want to be a servant <laughs> to our highest potential, I'm such a words guy. I know you guys are sick of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but when we really recognize that we're here to serve humanity, that's when wealth and success shows up. You know, and so I had to get really clear and like, like a year ago right now, I was in the process of like anxiety. Like I was like, I'm going to have to close my gyms. I have all this overhead and I can't really train my clients in my gyms. And it was scary, even though like I'm very confident, you know, like I've done 15,000 hours of coaching. Like I was already doing some of this deeper work. It was scary for me because like I have to like create a whole new version of me. Like I have to like get high on my own supply and actually use all the tools that I've been teaching and really <laughs> learn how to apply this to myself to leverage this new version of me. And so I, uh, I closed my gyms like I'm, October last year. I'm still kind of like going through the shift of becoming this new coach. And I built a camper van actually, which is really cool. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm, I've been, it's been really fun. I built it with my father. And uh, so now I'm <clears throat> building this whole new life as a traveling wellness uh, shadow work coach, shadow work life coach. And uh, it's a beautiful thing, but I had to go through that story of breaking down who I was to actually find my greater potential. And now I'm serving people at a higher level. I'm getting paid more per hour, but I'm actually much more happy because I love the deeper conversations. Sometimes you just give people a few tools and they start breaking down crying. But like I said, the breakdown precedes the breakthrough. And so I had to go through that myself. How can you be a great coach if you haven't had your own breakdowns? Mm. You know, you have to go through the the crap to create your fertilizer. And so I'm still going through that a little bit myself. I'm like, how am I, who is this new version of me? Like I have all these great tools and it's how I process it and simplify it myself so I can offer up the best service to other people. And there's different levels of that, different layers, just like we were talking about. So it's been a beautiful journey. I'm excited to support more people on their journey to human. Beautiful. It's really been exciting to witness mm. that journey. And I remember just a year and a half ago, you being here in New York and just about getting ready to start this, uh, you were just about getting ready to start a shadow work course when you were leaving. Um, I remember driving you to the airport and you mentioned you were about to start this shadow work course. And so fast forward to today, seeing your growth, seeing um, you release, you know, the old identity, sell your gyms, and uh, get on, get on, and and literally get in this van, start doing what you're doing, and and you're in just a short period of time. Really speaking about quantum, that when you make that decision to make a shift, everything it's not linear, right? Everything all around you uh, really mm. follows and flows from that. So it's I just wanna I just wanna recognize you for for really demonstrating it. Thank you. Yeah, I really feel like part of the process too is to be patient with yourself. You know, you go, you go to the doctor, they tell you that you're a patient. And so... Um, <laughs> Another one. Patient, patient. <laughs> that, uh, you know, everyone's healing his journey is different. And so, like, especially when we get stuck in the linear masculine model, we want results now. I, I click my phone and things happen immediately. So we have to realize that's not real in the, in the process of healing. And the reality comes down to is like, slowing yourself down and, and focusing on really being in that meditative space, see what shows up for you. And then, and then really feeling into it and giving it some time to show up and just keep working on yourself every day. I, I have to say, just focus on getting 1% better each day in 90 days. That's 90% better. If you just do 1% a day, so that's all you need and just be patient with yourself, you know, and the more patient you are with yourself, the more you can just access really loving yourself and hearing what's going on below the surface, because then you can really listen to your heart. Oh my God. So when is your camper arriving in New York is what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I've been asking that question. Are you going around the country or is it just mostly focused on the West Coast? Well, right now, speaking of heart, my, my father actually had a little heart surgery last week. So I'm, I'm staying with my folks right now, which I'm really grateful to be here to support mm. my dad, support my mom. I'm cooking him lots of meals and getting him out into the sun. He, he's like super grumpy. I just want to stay in the house. I'm like, no, dad, we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> it's like extracting a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna love hearing that. <laughs> oh, I, I said so. He's like, oh, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so 
so I got out to the beach. I'm like focusing on healing my dad right now. I'm actually going camping. We've got a full moon coming up in a couple of days. I highly yeah. recommend tomorrow. it. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. I'm going camping for a couple of nights in my camper vans here locally, but I'm actually planning a trip to Colorado later this summer. I have an uncle I've never actually met who lives out in Colorado. So mm. I'll head out there, but I want to just explore the country. I've done a lot of travels in Southeast Asia and my brother lives in Singapore. Um, but I really want to start exploring the United States with all the pandemics going stuff going on um, and just see what's going on here in the United States. So my, my long-term goal is to build a retreat center because I've already built my gyms. I know how to build a successful business, but I want to go to different retreat centers, learn how they operate different retreat centers, just like before I opened my gym. I work mm-hmm. in 18 gyms. So I'm going to apply the same uh, principles to developing retreat centers. So go to different retreat centers, maybe like live on one, work part-time and build my online business, build my following and then eventually open my own retreat center or go in with some other people and build my own retreat center in like three to five years. Like I'm saying, I'm being patient. Right? Mm. Take, my, take my time. But I really want to know what I'm doing prop, so I can do it properly. And I got to level up my skills. Like I want to do vision quests. I don't know if you guys have heard of vision quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am keen. I want to learn more about that and uh, be able to teach that. I feel like more and more people with all the technology, it's going to drive uh, more people wanting to get back into nature. And, uh, and that's like huge for me. I, I, like my heart sings when I'm not in the back country of the United States. It's so beautiful out there. Right? Yes. I was in Idaho. Once, I've never been to Idaho. It's like, you haven't driven through Idaho, drive through the heart of Idaho. It is ridiculously gorgeous. So I, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. That's beautiful. You're a living entrepreneur, man. I just can't, you're very inspiring. Your journey to actually go do the work, upskill, do whatever it takes to then move to the next thing. You know, for those of you listening, man, that, if that's not inspiring. I don't know what it is. It's just, I mean, I, I consider myself an entrepreneur. I've had five, five startups and so on and so forth and a 30-year corporate life before that. But, uh, but this, is, this, is, this is so different that you actually live it and then practice it and you're quantum leaping it and you're just doing it in this way. So congratulations. So I was going to ask you, where can they reach you? But it sounds like you're on the move. They can't really reach you except on Instagram or social media, right? Well, what's funny is if people are locally here in the Bay Area, I actually take my van and have them like meet me in beautiful places. And oh, I have, wow. like, a full, I have a full couch in the back with a TV. So I actually just sit in the back of my van and I coach them from there if they're local. So that's actually really fun. Um, but yeah, I just do Zoom coaching and my, my overhead's so much less than having two gyms. Mm-hmm. And I still do a little bit of fitness coaching. I just finished a corporate diet challenge where I helped this company lose like almost 130 pounds mm-hmm. in six weeks. So it's like... I'm just kind of jumping around and having the main thing I was going to, I was going to mention to kind of finish up is that it's really about enjoying the journey. If you're not enjoying the journey, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> like really ask yourself that if you're not enjoying it, maybe it's time to switch it up and like hire, hire a coach, get support, you know, find people that are a mirror of what you mm. feel like you deserve in your life. And that'll make it easier for you to get to where you want to go. Fantastic. Yes. So yes. we're going to put your whereabouts in the show notes. So where can they reach you? So you can check me out. I've actually been getting a lot of traction on Instagram. But, uh, Odyssey, like what's the downward slash thing? It's Odyssey mentor underscore underscore underscore. I always forget that. Odyssey underscore mentor uh, twenty one. Oh, excuse me, Odyssey underscore mentor in twenty one. And actually, the word mentor comes from the book The Odyssey. That's where I get that from. Ooh. And you can look me up on Facebook, uh, Odysseus Andrianos, and O D Y S S E U S A N D R I A N O S. And then I don't have a website right now. It's kind of funny. Because um, I'm still building up my new model of everything. But yeah, I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching. And then I've actually built a video do-it-yourself course, which I'm launching soon. So you can just sit there and watch eight weeks of my videos and do it do it yourself. Man, everybody's been, do, I did do-it-yourself building a camper van. You can do it yourself shadow work. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of your uh, shadow work course, Odie? Shadow Awakening, the Dawn of Human Potential. Shadow awaiting the dawn of human awakening. potential. Shadow, Shadow awakening. awakening the dawn of human potential. Yes. All right. But in the movie Batman, The Dark Knight, they say uh, the night is always darkest before the dawn. And I feel like that's what the world's going through. We're going through darkness, and that's not a bad or a good thing. But we're on the verge of a dawn. And that's why, as you guys talk about, the coaching industry is blowing up because we really need a lot of coaches to step up. I coach other coaches. I'm, I was coaching coaches as a fitness coach long ago. And I really feel like we need more coaches stepping up, having that confidence and uh, I, I love helping other coaches to level up their game because sometimes mm-hmm. there's just little stuff, like you said, below the surface they need support with. Mm-hmm. And then we get access to removing those those barriers and then boom, your whole life shifts. And then they can serve more people too. So we really yes. need more doing this work. I'm very empowered to help help more coaches get out of the corporate world like you did, Trisha, and support people on the, on the healer's journey because that's really what we're all doing. Like I said, Ram Dass is walking each other home. Beautiful. What a way Beautiful. to end, Ram. What a way, what a way to... 
bring this episode to a close. We are so grateful for all of the nuggets. There is so much there. I'm going to have to listen to it. And the words. <laughs> <laughs> My son's so impressed with your word uh, smithing and, you know, creating different different ideas from words and acronyms, you know, when he was at the summit. Um, so, yeah, that's just... I mean, I'm a wordsmith, but not like that. This is crazy. <laughs> and it makes the learning fun, right? Yeah. It makes, and, and then you do remember it. And, and yeah. I think it speaks to how our brain works. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember Odie at, at my event. I said, everybody needs an Odie. And every time I needed help breaking something down, I was like, Odie? And then he would break it down. So, um it's so important what you just said, though. I want to highlight it before we sign off. The power of working, getting getting help and support to do this healing journey. And I, I, I'm a coach. We're coaches. We love coaches because coaches recognize that we need help. And we recognize that in order for us to continue to take our clients deeper into their journey, that we have to continue to do the work ourselves. And, you know, there's a, a time when you can, you do that work on your own. And we know, we recognize that this type of inner work is not for the faint of heart. And so there's the more of us that get out there that really give ourselves permission to be of service we're really just serving the need because the need is here. It is not that all of a sudden there's an increase in mental health issues. It is just that now the environment is not allowing for any more cover-ups to occur. It is now here. And so the need has always been here, but now the distractions, everything is shifting and lifting in a different way. And I think the clarity that people need help is more palpable now than ever before. Well, I think that's the positive side of all the COVID stuff mm. is that uh, it's revealed our shadow to us, you know, and, and like not, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so, right? That quote that I said is that now it's an opportunity to do deeper work and support mm. each other and, mm. and hold each other's hands as we do this work because that, that's the where the whole industry is going. You know, we got to heal our stuff and that's where we can operate at our greatest potential. So. I really appreciate you guys, and thank you so much for having me. Here thank today. you for being here. Let's walk together, man. Let's do this. Sure. Thank you guys. so much. Appreciate thank you it. so much, Odie. Bye-bye now. Much love. Toodaloo. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if so, make sure to subscribe, download, and share it with your sphere of influence. You know, we bring a variety of topics to you, and it's like a master class for those topics. And it's all free. So take a screenshot, share it on your social media, and add the hashtag Bold Conscious Connections so that we can find you, see you, maybe say hello. And if you want to deep dive into some of the topics that we bring to you, uh, find us at www.livemasterminds.com and get to know us. Take care. <laughs>